baby! Welcome to Every Month Madness, the show that knows any month is a great month to take your favorite pop culture and pit it against itself in NCAA tournament bracket style until only one thing is left standing. I'm Joe Costal, and this month, we dig, 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 dig until we get to the number one Walt Disney World Resort attraction. I have a Disney bounding mom and an ex-cast member with me, and we are not going to stop till we get to the top. Let's tip it off, baby! All right, we're back for the Elite Eight round of our Walt Disney World Resort top attraction. I once again joined by Disney bounder Kate Wasco and um, my significant other and ex-Disney cast member, Jen Costal. Kate, do you know that there were over a dozen votes cast on our Every Month Madness online poll for this bracket? for Disney attractions that are no longer at the resort. And I do not think that's because people didn't know that those resorts, that those attractions didn't exist. I think it's because they don't care. They just love them so much. So Kate, I want to know what the Disney attraction that you wish was still at the parks is. I missed Maelstrom. That's a very solid choice. That's a very solid choice. And I think that's why I refer, I refuse to even try Frozen up to this point because I'm I'm mad. I'm just mad. Kate Wasco, you are a Disney bound. You do Disney bounding. Tell Thank our you. tell the audience what that is. Uh, it is uh, using everyday clothing in a, combined in a certain way with accessories, hairstyles uh, to emulate a Disney character and actually. It has gone far beyond Disney characters. People will dress as cast members, as rides, as snacks in the Disney resorts, um, as the Disney resorts. Uh, Anything you could imagine, the cruise line, the Hawaiian area, I forget what it's called, uh, rides from all over the world and all the Disney parks. So it has really become a a thing. I mean, it's a viral thing. That's that's Um, awesome. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, and we will put in the show notes where people can check that out. It's, it's a creative uh, outlet, which is really cool. We, you know, yeah. people actually make, they make their accessories, they make handbags, they make clothing items for it. But it's it's clothing, it's outfits you could wear out all day at work or whatever. It's it's not costumes. Yeah, no, it's, and yeah, the accessibility is really something else. Yeah. I think that, right, that's got to be one of the the hallmarks of it, that you can just, you can do it at any time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with the limited budget, which is very, very cool. Because I can't imagine what cosplayers spend, right? Well, I think I mentioned in the last one that I am spending entirely too much. Amazon is at the house every day to my oh, husband. Uh, and I found all kinds of other, like, re- you know, recycle, upcycle, you know, people are selling used items of clothing on the internet for 4 and $5. So I justify it that way. <laughs> nice. Jen, you've lived a lot of people's dreams by portraying a 250-year-old fairy godmother in training at the Bippity Boppity Boutique. Do you want to talk about when Honey Boo Boo was there? That's a fun little story. Do you not want to do that? Oh, no, sure. Um, I was on break, and they asked me to um, come do her hair. And so it was definitely an experience, but I knew of Honey Boo Boo on the show, but it was so crazy to see her in this totally different um, atmosphere because in a way she was not that same little girl she or she was just a little girl in this case and was super excited um, and her family was there and everyone was super sweet um, so it was really fun and it was cool to get to do opportunity have opportunities like that so tell our <laughs> listeners what else you did at Disney um, I worked uh it's tough to be a bug the lion king show jelly rolls and rick's lounge in coronado springs if you could bring back one defunct disney attraction what would it be i don't know i love maelstrom so i think i'm definitely there and it's interesting because i think some of these loved attractions that we used to have you can they sometimes will bring them back if I mean, Captain EO got brought back, if you remember, yeah, for that that's short true. amount of time. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a chance 
um, that that Hollywood Studios magic hat might randomly appear again. I have to say I was not around. I didn't go to the park for Mr. Toads. However, I saw it in Disneyland and I wish they would have Mr. Toads at, at Disney well, World. Well, that, I mean, that's right off the bat one thing about, you know, going to Disneyland and getting to relive Mr. Toad, Snow White, um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, that one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. I love that one. Well, it's so Nemo there, right? It's Nemo, but the ride um, like the vehicle is the same. Yeah, so it you still get that that whole mm -hmm. vibe. Um, but you know, I I was so in love with old Epcot, um, and I would love to see Horizons or the World of Motion back, um, even old Magic Kingdom and the old If You Had Wings TWA ride in Tomorrowland. Um, even I, I would love just the original um, Mickey's review they used to have at Main Street way back in the day where you would like, it was like a coin operated little like instrument playing thing where Mickey would like play as part of a band. I just, I'm so, I think there was so much that was amazing and, and just really cool about old school Disney World. But the thing that to me, even more than Maelstrom is the greatest misjustice in Disney history is the removal of the original Journey into Imagination, um, which was just one of the absolute coolest ride vehicles. It was such an innovative and interesting ride and they just tinkered with it. They tried to align it with other properties and they, me they messed it up in it such a consummate way that I will never be righted. And it is one of the great wrongs of, of all of Disney history to me. And I'm sure to millions of other fans. Absolutely, it's 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 a it's a shell of what it used to be, and we did do it on the trip just for fun because there was no line, and there's a reason there's no line because nobody wants to see this dumpster fire, you know. No, and this and this is even an improvement it on is. some of the iterations of it that have existed between the original one that I'm talking yeah. about. That actually had that was actually very short lived, and the dual track system that was the original Journey into Imagination, they they try they shut down one side and it just, it never it never got back to what it was and it's it's a it's a travesty. Then, um, all right, <laughs> all right, but we have lots of rides that are great and are at the parks currently, and we have. Um, an elite eight round of matchups that will pit some of your favorites against each other. Hopefully some of our listeners favorites, just to give you a quick recap of what we're doing here. We started with 16 Walt Disney world attractions in an NCAA style tournament bracket. They were seated between one to eight in four different regions and went up against each other um, tournament style. Our listeners responded to a week long poll and chose five attractions that got automatic bids into the second round. One of those attractions, which was the Haunted Mansion, received a bid all the way into the third round of play and is now sitting um, ahead of, uh, awaiting the winner of the first bracket that we'll start off with tonight. And um, we are going to keep pitting them against each other till we get to number one. There are no more automatic seeds. Kate and Jen, our Disney nerds, our Disney experts, will be the final say. I will vote in the case of a tie, and we'll jump right back into our tournament with a number three seed versus a number two seed. And this um, winner of this match will have the unenviable position of going up against the Haunted Mansion in the next round. But that is Avatar Flight of Passage from Animal Kingdom and Toy Story Midway Mania in Hollywood Studios. Jen, start us off with a choice there. Hmm. Um, you know, Avatar Flight of Passage, I definitely enjoyed. Um, I, I don't know if it's fair for me to vote for that at all because Toy Story Mania, I've gone on just so many more times and it, it doesn't get old. So for me, I think Toy Story Mania has got to keep moving on. Okay, Kate. Uh, well, Joe, you're going to get a vote here because I vote for Avatar. I was so amazed, blown away the, by the entire immersive experience. I, you know, I was breathless at times. I, I, I feel like I cried. I probably cried <laughs> wow. and, and laughed. It was, 
it was incredible. I was I was moved. I was moved by Avatar. Wow. Now, Kate, are you a big Avatar fan in general? No. Okay. No, I'm I'm very much a in the moment experiential person. Like you know, if it I could have never heard of it before, and if it blows me away, it blows me away. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I I really really liked that ride, but I did not feel emotionally attached at all. And maybe that's because so often the Disney properties get me on both levels. Like I'm, I'm both really astounded by the ride itself, but I also really love the characters that it's bringing to me. And I, maybe that's what Avatar Flight of Passage was missing for me because I didn't feel any connection to that. Whereas, you know, Star Tours sucks. It, all it does is give me a headache. But the reason why I go on Star Tours is because at the end of Star Tours, when the doors open, and that music, that John Williams score that that makes my heart, that has surged my heart since I was a small child, plays, I can do anything, anything. If they played that song before I went into meetings at work, I would already be, you know, I, I, would, I would be superintendent of <laughs> New Jersey, which I don't think, I don't think that's a real job, but I think they would have made that job and given it to me. And that's fair. I mean, the the whole, the, the emotional response to the story is fair. You know, as you were saying that, I, I also realized, um, I answered a question, my son, my son likes to play this or that with me. Would you rather this or would you rather that? And one of the things was if you could, you know, superhero, superhero type skill, would you rather be super fast or would you rather, you know, be able to walk through walls? And so we'd go back and forth kind of. And always what ends up for me is I want to be able to just independently fly. I want to be able to fly. That is the ultimate superhero skill or power for me always. And my best dreams are dreams of just running and taking off and flying. So I feel like maybe Avatar allows me to do that, to just fly. And so that's. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and it, you, it really did feel that way. It really did. And I think you're right. And I think I'm probably being unfair um but not at all um, you vote for what you want to vote for it's all i think i'm gonna move ahead toy story so toy story becomes our second elite eight so as i've been saying correctly the entire time there here are our first two entries into the elite eight toy story midway mania will go up against haunted mansion in the next round now on that side of the bracket we still have two matchups left number one seed expedition everest which got uh put through by our listeners and our panelists going up against the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Kate, you start. Oh, that's really, really tough. Yeah, um, that is a tough one. Because they're I, in a lot of ways, they're the same ride. It's true. There's surprises to both of them. Uh, I think that because they're both newer rides in their respective parks, for both of them, it was the first time I had ridden them. So I'm an adult riding them. I don't really have nostalgia for either one that plays into it. Um, I... I think it's what's going to eke out for me is Seven Dwarves. I literally laughed with glee through the whole thing. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I agree. I laughed <laughs> with glee as well. Jen? Um, I think I'm going to have to also agree. As much as Expedition Everest, I love so much. I think what, honestly, Seven Dwarves was made a, after that. And the Q line, I think, is what's going to put it over the edge for me on this one. There's a lot that I'm a big fan about with Seven Dwarves. I, I, I don't have a choice. It moves on, but I think you guys got it wrong, and I'll tell you why. I, I think that Everest, what Everest does that Seven Dwarfs does not hold a candle to is create an entire feel and a theme around something that's completely made up. What I love about Everest is that it reminds me of Disney attractions back in the day when they were allowed to just be their own thing when it was just like, we're going to get a Yeti and we're going to get a mountain and we're going to build a fake mountain and we're going to make up a story about this character. And I think where you are going wrong, Disney Imagineering, because I know you listen to the show. <laughs> and I know you come to me for advice, but where you're going wrong is you're not allowing your Imagineers to tell their own narratives anymore. You are forcing them to tell a story that exists in the confines of the narrative of a movie that either did or did not make a lot of money a few years before. And that's what will that, and the fact that your customer service has dropped off, let's not lie. Everybody knows it. So Everybody's true. talking about it. I'm not well, there. That's because Jen left. 
That is going to be your undoing. And Expedition Everest, um, Joe Rohde built that by traveling to Everest, by immersing himself in Nepalese culture, Tibetan culture, bringing real artifacts back. He built all of Animal Kingdom that way. But it's cool that you guys chose a cartoon from the 30s instead. That's cool too. I listen, I went just on the ride, the ride. The ride was so smooth on Mine Train. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced on a roller coaster. And yeah. I was just delighted. It and, really yeah. wasn't about well, what you said about them going and research. I think that's what Disney does so well and what makes it so detailed is whether it's a narrative that they have come up with or whether they are creating a pavilion in Epcot, they are going there and they're actually doing their research on whether it's a made up story that they're going to come with the Yeti in the mountain or, you know, it's actual, you know, France pavilion. They're going to have these people come in and really know their stuff. And so I think though, ultimately we're Disney. And so Magic Kingdom is going to be more based off of a, movie or cartoon that we've watched versus animal kingdom has that ability to create this story no for sure Um, but you but you know you mentioned world showcase and to me world showcase is my favorite part of walt disney world mm -hmm. and world showcase is why epcot is my favorite theme park and we've been singing the praises of disneyland in this show and because we do really love disneyland and i think the magic kingdom in disneyland and california adventures are better theme parks than as pure theme parks are better than anything in the Disney World Resort. But what they don't have is Epcot. But Epcot has been slowly dying at the hands of the Imagineers for a long time. Because what made World Showcase cool was that it was unlike anything that existed. And it is now becoming just a way to promote movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure Ratatouille is going to be cool. But France was cool without Ratatouille. I, I completely agree with you. But I also don't. I'm not surprised. It's a different mindset from 1982 to 2020. Wait, on the number side of this, is this Disney saying, okay, Epcot was down maybe. We need to figure out a way to get kids into this. And you know what? We're going to throw Frozen in here and your parents can go get a drink, but we're also going to get Frozen where the kids are going to be happier. You know, kids today don't want to just go around making the masks that they had for so long. Do you remember those? Yeah. Where you yeah, yeah. got to like design yeah, and, yeah. You, and you learned something, which was so cool. But honestly, Kid Cot, that we was all, called. Yeah. Kid Cot. We're yeah, all Kid in Cot, education yeah. that we all know these kids don't have the all, wherewithal to actually sit here and go to country to country and color in something or do something and learn about that. They want the ride, they want the thrill, they want the roller coaster or that attraction. And you know what? These other parks, unfortunately, are giving more of that than Epcot was for all of us to, especially, come on, you are Mr. History and love everything. Of course you love that. But I me am. on the other uh, <laughs> I, I did love everything. I actually, in high school, they called me Mr. <laughs> history and love everything. Whereas, in all seriousness, okay. No, do you remember in college? <laughs> In college, they would say that I had that jacket. So that was your that was your fraternity nickname, Mister <laughs> History and Love Everything. Next autobiography. Yeah. Um, whereas, in all seriousness, me growing up, somebody who like I could not stand, maybe just because I didn't like my history teacher, but I couldn't stand. You know, I was like, oh, learning this. But when I went to Epcot, I, I felt like oh, this is so cool. Like you're actually getting a little bit of piece of this. And you know what? For a hundred and what. $10 your ticket is, you can experience a couple different cultures if you can't go hop on a plane. And I mean, not saying it is anything like actually traveling abroad, <laughs> but you got to watch that video that kind of took you into right. that world. You know, I every every <laughs> time I go to World Showcase, you know, every time we've gone to World Showcase, we drink our way around. We always start in Mexico. So by the time I get around to France, I've usually had a few. And every time I'm in France, I point out to some poor kid behind the the counter who has no idea what I'm saying to him that I say, I say to him, there's a reason why they put America between you and Germany. And I don't think they've ever known why that's funny to me. But 
Maybe our listeners don't either. I get it. Thank you, Kate. All right, next round, Kate. Kilimanjaro Safaris from Animal Kingdom versus the Tower of Terror in Hollywood Studios. A number three versus number two matchup. Kate, go. All right, I'm going with Tower of Terror. I, I, I'm, I'm leaving my biology professor husband in the dust to stay on the truck with the animals. And uh, although it was very fun and... Uh, you know, I did look forward to it. It was, it's a very different experience than you get anywhere else in any of the parks. And I like that about it. I like that they uh, really, really treat those animals well for the fact that they're basically in this giant zoo, but I mean, no cages, no, no bars. Um, you know, they, they imported trees and bushes and all kinds of stuff that are from the native land of all the animals so that they would absolutely be in their habitats. And that is all very, very cool. However, Tower of Terror is uh, scary and thrilling. And <laughs> so true. No, no sunning crocodiles are gonna. No. <laughs> no, not yet anyway, not until they retheme it, but okay, Jen. Well, it's interesting you said that because I would say Tower of Terror would be my vote if they rethemed it already, but I am going to vote safaris on this one. And I know I'm going to get lots of eye rolls on this one too. Um, but I think it's time for that outdated and maybe this can curse Disneyland, but I have been to the updated one in Disneyland and it is fantastic compared to the same old Twilight Tower of Terror. Um, yeah. And, and I know that goes against everything we just said, but know, you're right. I know, but safari you know for me the animals obviously <laughs> um and there's just i think kate what you said about it being a totally different experience than any other of the parks that you can't get yeah tower of terror wow. does not the drop none of that does it for me that thrill and once you've been on it it doesn't change it doesn't feel like it changed so and the animals you never know what they're gonna oh, do so unpredictable <laughs> so unpredictable those animals <laughs> Um, like when they don't come out at all and you just spend oh, yeah, that happens. You're just ridiculous. Run. When have you ever gone on a safari and no and animal you just, was ever there? You just ride around on a Jeep, oh, basically. So fun. Yeah, when it's really hot and there's nothing to see. You're the so most fun. Dramatic. Um no, I think you both make excellent points. So really the, the point I'm gonna make about either of these attractions is fundamentally the same thing. There are reasons Disney at its best completely subverts and transcends what amusement parks do, right? And both of these rides really push the envelope of like what a theme park ride is um, in, in really great ways. But the Tower of Terror, in that it, it varied its experience and was the first ride to ever provide a completely, you know, or, organically different ride every time was a revolution. And it led directly to this idea that this ride that we haven't been on yet, where Kate's like, it doesn't even have a track. You don't know really where you're going. And I think that Tower of Terror just completely, I think that ride just was such a game changer to use a really cliche, dumb term, but it really was. And and for it to have been themed in, you know, one of the greatest TV shows ever, I just, I'm in love with that ride. I always have been. Every, I feel like time. it is the same attraction every time I've ever been I, on it. No, I think you're, what you're what you're saying is, or what I thought you were saying was, when you ride the new one at Disneyland, and so here's the bad part, right? We just said like, oh, you change everything to be like movies. Kate, you should have heard me getting on this ride at Disneyland. I was completely obnoxious about it. Really? And, yeah, because I was like, oh. You? You were obnoxious about something? What the what? hell? Why has it always got to be movies? Oh, where? What's the name of the movie that it is? The Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Blah, blah, blah. And it was awesome. We got off and we were like, we, we <laughs> like, were recording him. And the video, he is like, literally, like, why are we going here first? Yeah, this I was is so really mad. our first ride of the day. And then, blah, blah, blah. and then he literally steps into the queue and he's like, oh. And so she videos me getting off everything. and I'm like, Okay, Disney, you got me. Like that, that no, was. I can't wait. Guardians is arguably one of the best Marvel movies. It's um, really yeah. cool. It's, it's I, really cool. I can't hear some of that classic music now without thinking of the yeah. Guardians movie. 
rather mm -hmm. than the fact that this is music I grew up with my whole life. <laughs> right. Totally. But all that said, I'm putting through Tower Terror. Okay. Half of our Elite Eight is set, and um, we move on to find out what our last um, four entries will be. Back up to the top of the list. It feels like we did this a lifetime ago, but the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, the people mover, going up against Rockin' Roller Coaster Jennifer. I think we all know which one I'm going to choose. <laughs> um, I can't choose the Rock and Roller Coaster. I love the TTA. Um, it will... Even though that is the same ride every time you do the follow the same track, it's just like Rock and Roller Coaster in that sense. Um, I gotta vote TTA. Rock and Roller Coaster just doesn't do it for me, and maybe I'm just not that thrill kind of go to from zero to sixty, which is super cool. But TTA, I just love being able to go around the entire Tomorrowland, see the castle, see the different rides, um, and kind of people watch, which is great from afar. Okay, Kate, you you got it. I'm sure. I know well, where remember, I I didn't do the the. I've never done the people mover. Um, but I am that kind of person that needs. You know, I think slow slower rides and slower ride experiences have their place, and I just don't think that that would at all interest me. So I have to go with rock and roller coaster. There are definitely rides that are better than it than rock and roller coaster, but I I love that sort of like bullet shot from the beginning, even with Steven Tyler screeching in my ear. Uh, it revs me up and you don't, you're like waiting, you're like waiting, waiting, it's going to go, it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. And I, that feeling, I, you know, I just love that feeling. Yeah. And, and so while I definitely understand, I agree with everything you just said, Kate, I am going to side with Jen on this one and I'll save why, cause it's moving on, but I am going to vote for TTA. Um, with that said, I mean, rock and roller coaster is a very cool ride and, and for, there are better bullet coasters, launch coasters for sure. I've ridden, I mean, if you've been on King Daka, I don't know if you've been on King Daka, Kate. I have. Um, if you've been on King Daka, like, you know, rock and roller coasters, like, a, it's like, I can't even, I can't even describe it, right? I oh, mean, gosh. like, you know. Well, and I like, like the music of Aerosmith and I like the concept of putting rock and roll and, and yeah. very energetic music in with the experience of a fast roller coaster in the dark. For sure. Know. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. And I was going to say for as, as corny as a lot of it is, when they get to that point where they do the going down from Love in an Elevator and you hit that quick drop, yeah. I can't beat it. I'm, I'm giddy every time. So, but farewell to rock and roller coaster. It does not move on to the Elite Eight. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority does. <laughs> and it, good reason. Either, you know, she's your my, wife. Is she going to compensate you later for voting her way? Like, hey, I voted for you last time. I voted with you yeah. the last one. All right. Remember Tower Safari, of Terror? Safari oh, cannot move forward. How quickly you forget, <laughs> how quickly you forget Tower of Terror. Don't forget where I'm <laughs> sleeping it's tonight, true. Kate. It's true. All right, it's let's true. go it's easy. more obvious. CTA is going to go up against either Pirates of the Caribbean or Space Mountain. Jen, which one? No, no. Kate, which one? Um, between those two, I'm going to go Pirates. Again, it's mm. in my top two in Magic Kingdom of the of the old uh, nostalgic uh, rides. And Space Mountain is fun sometimes, but it's it lost its luster once I came out of childhood. Yeah, I agree. Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Caribbean, 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 Caribbean. Nobody says Caribbean. Okay. Um, that wins for me. Space Mountain is just too much. All right. Fair enough. Space Mountain is too much. I don't know if you can say much <laughs> more than that. Our next matchup has the monorail going up against the monsters in collab floor. I don't even know how this matchup happened, Jen. Oh my gosh. This one's so hard. Um, because really? I love monsters in collab floor so much. Um, cause I am just a corny little jokester. Um, but I think I have to says vote. my wife, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> says my wife. I think I have to vote monorail on this because as we kind of talked about in the last one, you do, it's, it's the excitement. It's also, you get to see little parts of the other resorts without having to stay in all of them. Um, as you grow a little older, you can definitely bar crawl through them. Yeah, it just kind of adds, it's, it's your ride before your, your actual journey into the parks, whether it's Epcot or Magic Kingdom. All right. I need the anticipation, and we did the monorail the first day 
and the first day was Magic Kingdom. And so it was our, you know, our foray into the parks for our trip. And it just held all of that anticipation as the castle got closer and closer um, after all the, the time spent, you know, planning and saving. And so it was definitely a good lead up. And I, I don't drink, so I wouldn't drink around the resorts, but I, I, we were contemplating a dessert crawl. Right. I was going to say, you can eat around. Because <laughs> we are definitely sweet tooths over in this house. Yeah. And, and we, compensate, we compensate the sugar for the alcohol, for sure. Yes. And I mean, you have some fantastic restaurants in all three of those resorts. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, my favorite is closed right now, but Ohana. Ohana? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to try it. But, and then even that, you have the monorail takes you there. Eat especially during fireworks you can see the fireworks right through your the window right there yeah. it's beautiful. I mean, all all of there's so many contradictions for me with when it comes to disney because i'm the first person to be like all this money and all this time for an amusement park like i'm so grouchy about it a lot but you know then whenever we go i want to spend a day just doing nothing and that's because I want to ride the monorail and and walk around the Polynesian, yeah. and I want to lay in a hammock, and I want to like go walk on boardwalk, and you know, and and that is why it is what it is, right? And yeah, it, it's, why, and, it's why it works. It's why they they still are here. That's why it works is the best way to say it, Katie. Yep, that's exactly right. And the monorail is in essence the embodiment of that, right? Totally. So all right, very good. So Kate, does the monorail face Spaceship Earth or Big Thunder Mountain in the Elite Eight. All right. Well, I'm going with Spaceship Earth. I think that it is a, a very singular, you know, as as much as I didn't vote for the Safari because it's a, even though it's a unique experience, I think Spaceship Earth is a unique experience. And I'm going to be very sad to see the original go as hokey and as outdated as it is. Big Thunder is fine. It's a, you know, a, a classic wooden roller coaster. I, I don't feel that it's as themed and not necessarily that it needs a movie theme, but I feel like it needs a theme rather than just red rocks, you know? But again, they, they have a better theme of, for it in Disneyland. Do they? The fire, remember? And the bats and the, mm -hmm. yeah, it's what you're describing it exists in Disneyland. That's a shame because honestly, like I, I'm sure Walt Disney World gets far more visitors right? Because it's yeah. just the well, size it, of it. And so you'd think that they would have the best iteration possible. Not just yeah. that they shouldn't have it at Disneyland, but that they would at least match it. Yeah. In Florida. No, you're, you're right. All right. So Spaceship Earth is moving on for Kate. Spaceship Earth for me. Um, I have to say, I think Big Thunder is probably one of my favorite roller coasters that Disney has. And I think that's just, I like the backseat there. I like it all open. I love that the train goes past it. Um, but Spaceship Earth, I also would say would move on for me. Now, maybe we would be onto something if we had Big Thunder Mountain narrated by Dame Judi Dench. Spaceship Earth versus the monorail, our first Elite Eight match. One of them will make it to the final four Disney attractions. Which one? Oh, I definitely think Spaceship Earth. I, I, the monorail was great. Uh, but I think still Spaceship Earth lives in my little geeky, nerdy heart. Okay. Jen? I love that Spaceship Earth has made it this far. I still don't know if we should count the monorail as a ride or not. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to the question here. Um, but I, I know there are people who will ride the monorail all day at, and consider it a ride. Um, I think still with going back to the main park, the Magic Kingdom, I think I'm going to have to vote monorail um, on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I I agree with you in everything you're saying. Manténgase alejado de las puertas is probably <laughs> the single most important phrase whenever I think about going down there. And and I have literally been guilty of listening to the monorail monologue. Wow. Do they really call it the monorail monologue? That's a lot of mono prefixes. But listening to the re recorded message of the monorail at times, you know, when I'm psyching myself up to go. But if we're looking at the monorail, the monorail's importance as like an icon in Disney, to me, that geodesic sphere is just the most exciting thing about that place still. Like when I see that ride from like through the trees, the I get so pumped. 
I also might be guilty of wanting to get rid of monorail because I don't know that it deserves to even know, be on the countdown. And to be the- fair, I might have also a weird connection with the monorail because so I, when I moved home after the college program and I moved back, um, I technically was only seasonal and I was go- trying to go part-time, full-time kind of thing. And I had to go to the casting building and I met with like a casting person or whatever. And I had obviously wanted a part-time or full-time job where I already knew the people and I loved, Um, but they told me the only opening they had for full-time was the monorail. And the question she had asked me was like, do you like driving? And and as my husband knows, I hate driving. Um, But she was like, how do you feel about driving large amounts of people on this track and I was like what is she trying to get at and then I can't look at I can't look at a cast member at the monorail any different without thinking oh my gosh could that have been me wearing that maroon outfit at all and I was like I could have never I would have we would have been just circling around the entire time never actually stopped yeah you'd be awful Um, at that job so it's just funny because every time I also think of the monorail I think of that but I don't know how you said no I mean I can't imagine if they had asked me could you see yourself riding the monorail? I would have been like, can I ever? Like, I it would have been like, can you see yourself being president of the United States? Like, <laughs> you know yes, me. I can. But you know me now and you know how much I can't yeah, stand driving. No, that's true. So I would rather stay seasonal and pick up hours and do things like that at the current status I had that, and wait until something came around than ever have to actually drive people around. Yeah. No, I get it. I don't it. want to do that ever. Well, I don't want to drive myself to work. <laughs> either way, Spaceship Earth moves on. <laughs> okay, that's our okay, first entry way. to the final four. And Kate, I was with you on that one for let the record show. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm who sure. fills out that side of the bracket with it? Our second final four entry will either be the Tomorrowland Transit Authority or Pirates. Ugh. Jen. You know how much I love the TTA, um, but I think I have to go classic on this one. Um, except it's just so hard because of knowing the other locations. Um, but I still think the classic, the Pirates, has to move forward on this one for me. Because I don't think people think of when they plan their vacation, oh, I have to go on the TTA. Um, TTA is always like a second thought for a lot of people. Um, Pirates is one of those, you can't go to Magic Kingdom without going to all Pirates. Okay, Kate? Well, I think you guys know what I'm going to say. I've been anti-TTA the whole time and and totally pro-Pirates. And, you know, it's not just because Johnny Depp has been made into several animatronics and he's been like my secret boyfriend since the 80s and 21 Jump Street. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely Pirates. You know, what What I really think Walt Disney was a master of is, is understanding the, the profitability of being self-referential. And, and when you think about it, like he really, the media conglomerate that is Disney was grown off of the idea that like we could take these products and create other products off of referencing that product, right? And, and what I mean by that is think of like things like the Mickey Mouse Club or, you know, ways in which Disney made himself a brand by understanding that referring to himself was in essence a marketable commodity, right? Like, you know, I love the, and you can watch it now, thank God Disney Plus has these. It's a, it's a gift to society that you can watch the old Walt Disney half hour long Disneyland and then Walt Disney World preview shows that he would occasionally put on the wonderful world, the magical world or the wonderful world of Disney yeah. or whatever. When I was a kid and those were on real television, I would turn on the magical world of Disney or whatever it was called to see if it was one of those episodes and then turn it off when it wasn't like, cause often it was like an animal show and my wife knows how much I hate animals. I, Oh my God. I just lost every listener to this podcast. I don't hate animals. <laughs> I think they're delicious. Um, and, <laughs> no, I, and you think they're cute, but I you do, just don't want I them don't, as pets. I don't want to have them around. Is that fair? So that said, Disney knew how to do that. He literally funded part of Walt Disney World by putting out a series of shows about Walt Disney World. Tomorrow, the TTA, Kate, is that in essence. It's that, it's the embodiment of that because you get on it and it talks about the rides at the theme park you've already paid to be at. (laughs) It is literally a commercial about Disney World, except that you're already in Disney World. He already got you. 
And I just want to say that again to, so that everyone can let it sink in. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority, a ride that is beloved, received several votes in our poll. We both just had to go all the way to the Elite Eight. Is is only a commercial for that thing you've already bought. Imagine you buy a new Honda, and inside that Honda is a commercial for Hondas. Inside the Honda, you watch. You. That's like going to McDonald's, and at McDonald's, they hand you your burger and a pamphlet about how you should go to McDonald's. But you're at McDonald's. It's either the most bananas concept or the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, it's it's totally evil genius. And fortunately, he used that genius for, you know, good, adorable, you know, rabbits and things rather than, you know, creating a a cult. Oh, he was <laughs> I mean, an awful he basically he's created a cult, but at least it's a cult around something positive. The magic he of hated, childhood no. imagination. He hated Jews and labor unions. He was awful. But he he made the cartoons. So <laughs> That's the, like, that's the part that that's the part that's the phenomenon. Like he didn't cre- he didn't you know allow Nazism to be the phenomenon of Walt Disney World. You know that's, <laughs> that is you know what Kate that is a great point. So at least that. But when you literally have to defend someone by praising that they did not fall to Nazism, that in itself. Is- <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna say that on my headstone. Joe Costal, at least he wasn't a Nazi. Well, even if he was a Nazi, that's not the brand that he put out. That's I mean, true. That's fair. At, at least overtly. You know? I mean, we, well, well, we still have a listener. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Seven Dwarves Mine Train versus the Tower of Terror. We're trying to fill out the final four. I think Kate starts off this one. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kate, Seven Doors Mine Train, Tower of Terror. All right, so I'm weighing my, that my scare factor, how much I love to be scared in those butterfly feelings in my stomach versus laughing with glee. And I think I have to go with glee. I think I think Mine Train has one out over Tower of Terror. Wow, I'm yeah. so, I'm shocked. I thought you were going to go the other way. Jen? Well, you know, it's a, it's emotional. I had to go with like which emotional scared or awesomely gleeful. Okay. You know, to be fair, I think I've only voted for Tower of Terror once, and I think um, that is, you know, because it was against the river journey way back when. <laughs> um, I still think safaris, personally. Yeah, that's, um, you bring it up old <laughs> No, stuff. but um, in all seriousness, I think I'm going Seven Dwarfs as well oh. because of the cues, and it's very smooth. It's a great roller coaster. It's for kids or adults. Yeah. Tower of Terror. Yes, people like scary. I don't like scary. Um, most kids come off crying off of that also. Yeah. Um, it's great themed. I think you brought up a good point last round with all of that. Um, but Seven Dwarfs, you know, and I don't even, I'm, Snow White is not my favorite ride at all, but it, or movie, mm-hmm. story, um, but it definitely, that attraction has brought that back to me. Like, oh, maybe I do like this um, a little bit. So I'm voting Seven Dwarfs. All right. I feel like the dwarfs are the best cue in that story. I mean, they really, you know, developed the, the, the characters enough that like, that's the part that's endearing. I don't know that the princess it's herself is endearing. Mm-mm. Well, yeah. she's, she's of her time, right? Like, and I don't mean that in a way that's, that's in any way socially inappropriate. I just mean this, the style of her singing, the yeah. voice, right? It's a very like 1930s, or, you know, um, whole, the whole concept is very of its time. You know, that- The dwarves, they, they provide comic relief and they kind of have like buddy comedies going on. Like, you know, and I think yeah. that that's sort of- Yeah, there's, it's almost vaudevillian, right? Like- Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and yet you guys voted for it, which is, you know, I guess that's okay. Well, that's no, why I voted for it because they feature, it features the dwarfs. It doesn't feature the princess yeah, or, no, the, or the villain anymore. Okay. And the witch at the <laughs> end, that if you don't pay attention to it, it's like that. Like yeah. The little details of that, that unless you're actually looking at it, 
you don't realize even like the right. witch and things like that. And maybe and to its credit, it's hard because we have Seven Dwarfs, which was created how many years ago versus Tower of Terror too. If Tower of Terror came out the exact same year Seven Dwarfs was, not saying Tower of Terror is not themed well or anything like that because it is, but I think we're also, the trouble with some of these going up against each other is the technology and the this, and which we said even Rise of Resistance is not on here because of stuff like that right. too. And, and, so, and there's that self-reference again, right? Like at the end of Seven Dwarves is an homage to the old ride that was about Snow White. And and they they do that well. I think for me, I don't have anything against Mind Train, but I think it it its path has been crazy. Like it beat Everest and Tower of Terror to get here into the final four. I mean, yeah, I guess. I just think that both of those other rides are just, they were innovators. I think this ride is a great ride. I just don't know. I guess that's not fair because the, the carts sway, don't they? They do. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's cool. a smooth ride because I think it uses that magnet technology as well. Yeah. So you get both. You get a smooth yeah. track, but also you get the swinging motion. And, you know, they build the track so that you're swinging up and it's super fun. It's like, you know, slaloming if you will and it's I, I i think that that is innovative tech for a roller yeah. coaster you know no, that's a good point okay well it moves on um our final elite eight match pins the haunted mansion which really has gone undiscussed virtually because it was such the heavy vote getter in the poll but now the listeners cannot help it anymore haunted mansion is finally um at your disposal so number one seed haunted mansion goes up against Toy Story Midway Mania. Jen? I love Toy Story Mania. I love the game aspect. I'm definitely competitive in all that sense. No. But I, Toy Story is just such a great yeah, story property, to begin right? with. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I mean, I grew up with all, all of those. So I'm going to say of this. Of course. Toy Stories are the best Disney movies. Yes. And the is characters, that... everything about it is fantastic. Okay. However, um, Haunted Mansion for me is definitely just that classic attraction. Um, and although it's the same <laughs> all the time, you know what's going to happen. You know you're going to get into this little room. You're going to walk. There's just that magical moment about being in that doom buggy. And you really are transported into this world for, you know, all of what, three, four minutes um, with all your dead friends. So. Well said. So I don't know if you know, as a cast member, I, I kind of feel like you might, but the, I read before going on my trip that Haunted Mansion, the story is that you are the thousandth ghost, like you already, you die at the end and become the thousandth ghost, right? That you fall out of the attic window and that's why you end up in the graveyard, right? So, okay. So yeah, and that's why in that scene, you can suddenly see everybody. Right. Because you've become them. Right. And so, you know, it's the journey through the house and then you fall out the window and you're in the graveyard, whatever. And then that's why they also let you out and there's more tombstones and all that stuff. I, 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 I have to go Haunted Mansion. It's my absolute favorite in Magic Kingdom. We wrote it three times. I love that I can sing along to it. I am a horror, scary person, like lover at heart, Stephen King and scary movies and Nightmare on Elm Street. So like, I just, it's hokey it, it, at certain points, but there's just so much detail that is iconic. You know, the, the portraits that transform and then shoot each other and the, the ballroom dancers and the, like the ghost host. I just, I love all of it. It's so spooky. <laughs> and I think, and you know, and it's funny you said even about the, the loving, the spookiness of it, because I hate everything scary. I hate anything scary but even somebody like me can walk in there and say and come out still feeling like you love this thing that is spooky in a way and I mean you brought up the ballroom dancers and I love even the costumes that technically those and the technology that is actually going on throughout that whole entire thing and I'm gonna bring up that little cast member thing but the first day of your training I don't know if I'm allowed I guess right I'm not a cast oh, member anymore I'm um, saying it on here <laughs> Hot take. Um, the first day you get to, you like meet in the casting thing and they actually take you over and you kind of tour Magic Kingdom and they take you on this and they tell you this giant storyline and you, 
that's what really draws you in as this cast member too. this story of going into the um the haunted mansion and the girl at the end the the wife is like really this other cast member's mother or something yep. like like and it's just this story that you fall in love with and you're like oh my gosh this is the magic you come out and you're just like holy moly and so that was also the first attraction that i had gone on as officially a cast member and it was just like okay so so i agree listeners yeah okay <laughs> so it moves on it is the final addition to our final four and let's just keep uh let's keep it rolling jen haunted mansion in the final four goes up a set against seven doors mind train i think i said my piece <laughs> the last time um i have to go haunted mansion on this one okay kate absolutely and I, and I knew this would happen because I just have this love of it. Um, I think, you know, Joey, you and I had a conversation a while back about a lot of this is going to come down to what is stronger, the, the awe at the new tech and, and versus the nostalgia. And I kind of was worried, like I'm thinking, you know, none of the old ones are going to get through because as nostalgic and, and memorable as they are, you just can't, how do you be? these these illusions this amazing new experience and the way that they can immerse you but i'm super happy that haunted mansion at least something got this far <laughs> um but you know it's crazy you said that in our top four seven dwarfs is the only one that's the only really new, new. Ride. Yeah. spaceship earth which right. most people are probably like what the heck how did that get in final four is here like yeah. well that's a perfect segue i mean so yeah, you're right. Three of your four picks are nostalgia picks. And and in a way, Kate, I think what you're saying is that it's really hard to fight that. It, it really is. It's it's why I'm much more prone to put on an 80s station than I am to put on a, a top 40 station. Not because I don't think that Post Malone is not as good as the Bengals, but I just don't pine for it, you know? Um, and and I think I, I cannot, if I go to Disney World, and I don't ride Haunted Mansion, I don't feel like I went to Disney World. Exactly. Um, and that, you know, I don't, that's a hard thing to combat. But anyway, your point about people being in awe that Spaceship Earth is on this list, Jen, is, is going to be true. I know we're going to get comments about Spaceship Earth. Um, we're just starting to sift through our Billy Joel comments. And, you know, people feel strongly about these kinds of things. So Spaceship Earth versus Pirates, what do you think? No, oh, Kate, you're first, Jen's saying. Oh. Uh, Spaceship Earth versus Pirates. Um, I'm going to give it to Pirates. Um, I, I mean, I do love the educational geeky part, and that's what brought Spaceship Earth for me this far. But when it comes down to it, you know, I want it's. I like the fantasy. I like being in the story. You know, sailing between those two pirate ships that are or the the pirate ship versus i guess the king's ship or whatever and they're firing or the ship in the what is it the uh, fort right and they're firing at each other i mean you're like ducking right and i don't feel like i'm i'm that um quite as a part of it with spaceship earth yeah that's that's well said jen i don't know um I think I'm also going to have to go with pirates on this one because as much as you get to be a little space and pick your journey on spaceship earth, um, pirates, I think is it's in that park. It's in the, you know, magic kingdom where that magic really happens. And it's so themed. Um, and you are, you are a part of it, you know, and I think it's going to be hard the next round. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, can, before we move on to the next round though, I just want to say, and I I'm wondering if you guys have had this experience too. Pirates of the Caribbean, Spaceship Earth, both have distinct smells yes. to me. And what's crazy is they are in a lot of ways the smell of Disney, but it might be mold in both of <laughs> what I'm smelling, right? I mean, it could be very well be possible. I mean, Pirates is or obviously water. It's at um, least wet rubber or something, right? Like, and it's very possible that Spaceship Earth, as much as they clean it, could it be leaking somewhere. And, and can we can we just for a second stop and say that in in four of the most state of the art amusement parks in the world, we chose to be in the top four a ride that literally, when it didn't know how to end, when it didn't like its old ending, 
just put up like literally Christmas lights. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Spaceship Earth, they were like, this end, this old ending doesn't work. Let's just put up a bunch of lights and mirrors. And, and Joey, a couple weeks ago, I bounded those Christmas lights. The stars <laughs> at the end of Spaceship Earth is what I chose from all of, I think it, I think the theme was like Epcot or Spaceship Earth or something. And that's what I chose. And I just wore anything that was black that had sparkles on it. <laughs> everything. Everything I owned that was black that had sparkles, head to toe. Yeah, that's awesome. That and, and I and I guarantee you people knew exactly what you were. Yeah. Uh, but despite that, we still have this ride in our top four. Um and because you know, they both did, it's just the meaning. It's the meaning behind them, I guess. You know, you you mentioned the smell though, and I can't imagine that it's actually mold. I mean, I know that like, you know, that's that's a funny concept to think of, but Disney is so on point with everything their their smells and and like get not allowing the like certain plants so that they don't attract bugs and not allowing you to see trash and no like so detail oriented i can't imagine that what you're actually smelling would be like and i would say if they were both in magic kingdom maybe because of you know the underground and the and having the that you know right backstage and trash and things like that but i mean epcot is it's the center right there. So I don't know. Um, no, I'm sure you're right, Kate. But let me let me rephrase then. Okay. It may not be mold that I'm smelling, but if my bathroom smelled like either of these attractions, I'd clean it. Fair. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> you don't want to be splashed on fire. You though. also don't have, you know, like a 1980s roller coaster. In my bathroom? Yes, I do. Smelly Americans every constantly with the rust of like the you know what kate you have track. not been in my bathroom so you personally <laughs> don't know that i don't have 42 electronic pirates in there because we actually have a very foul-mouthed snowman in our bathroom who came with the house and the kids hate, hate him. him they hate him but we love him but we're afraid to take him down because he was here before us and frankly it's his house it's Freshy the Snowman. He's called Freshy the Snowman. <laughs> I don't think of he, he is. I don't think he's sold in stores. I think he was made. <laughs> no, we, he he was no. sold, but you can get him for like eighty dollars. You can't get him now. He <laughs> was he was born like. I am absolutely not surprised that this is a part of your life, like a major part of your life. Like I'm not surprised at all. It's it is it is a major part of our lives. What do you mean that, that he's foul mouthed? He says like dirty things. He's like, yeah, like you walk in the bathroom and he'll be like, uh, I guess you're not here to make snow angels. And he says <laughs> it in this voice that's like Paul Lind meets like a Bronx like cab driver. He's got a lot of sass and a heart of gold. All right, Pirates of the Caribbean versus Haunted Mansion, Kate. Post time. You're killing me. You're killing me, Joe. You got to choose. Me in the heart with this. Yes. This is this is the Sophie's choice of Disney World. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And then and then we're gonna have one of these against another one I really love. And people are gonna hate me. People no, are gonna hate us. This is it, Kate. This is a championship. All right. Well, I gotta go with the one that I chose to ride more than any other ride is Haunted Mansion. I rode it three times this trip. So Haunted Mansion, one vote. Yeah, Jennifer. is it awful that it's really not that hard of a decision at yeah, all for I, me? This is Haunted Mansion, Pirates. I know earlier I said you could, do you really go to Magic Kingdom without riding Pirates? But I think I forget what that one was about earlier. Um, Haunted Mansion is number one for sure. We have of this. three posters in our den. Yeah. Like, and they're Pirates, Haunted Mansion, and Snow White Scary Adventures. Um, really? Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I don't even think this is that hard for me. And I think especially I love Magic Kingdom at Halloween time with the Haunted Mansion and all their cast members are all, you know, decked out in their um, makeup and their cobwebs all over them. And the, I forget the one ghost that just sits up front. Like it's just, it's perfect all seasons. Yeah, for me, for me, the the story and the theming of that attraction 
it, it just it it exists and it exudes out of itself. Like I I feel like the narrative begins on approach. You know, I mean, and the structure is just phenomenally good. I mean, I think you would I could think you could easily make the case that there is no better exterior theming on any attraction anywhere. Maybe um, I don't know if you're a universal gal. Kate. I am. And Gringotts. I've gone twice in the last several years, yeah. Yeah, maybe the Gringotts Dragon, you know, maybe the that the Diagon oh, Alley, yeah. but, I mean, but Hogwarts. I mean, that could be a whole other podcast, Joe. Right, but when you but when you consider how old Haunted Mansion is, yeah. and how it predates those so significantly, um, I, I mean, I think Haunted Mansion is my favorite ride anywhere, any day. You know, I mean, I think it. And I think Dennis would agree with you. I mean, he he absolutely loves it. I think that's why he was willing to go with me was that he could get into the haunted mansion as many yeah. times as he wanted. And uh, what I I think is cool is that it's different in every park. There's like literally different themes, different story, different characters that sort of conform to the idea of what is scary in Paris mm-hmm. and in Tokyo. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that is super cool that as far as all the details that they go through for everything else, the animals at Animal Kingdom and the history and culture in Epcot, that they researched, would this antebellum kind of mansion and this story really grab the citizens of, of Europe, you know, and, and they changed it. And then, you know, it's West, it's an American Western, I think, in Paris. So that's scary for them. That's different. It's a different experience and it's scary. And so I think that's super cool too, that they research what scares people in different parts of the world and adapt it. Yeah. I think also makes it super special. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, the more, you know, about the haunted mansion, the more, you know, about things like the hat box ghosts and peppers ghosts and um, you know, just the hybrid ride uh, walking queue, which, to know that the Imagineers, really, really brilliant, um, you know, Imagineers of the time when that park was being built, who really puzzled over that attraction, yeah, and and to make it both something that they knew Walt would would love, but you know, integrated new technology, and then then when you look at all the patents that that ride is responsible for, um, you know, for the, those Omni Mover machines, mm-hmm. I mean, literally trying to puzzle out how to do that ride better led to that technology being created. So the doom buggies are, you know, possibly the most innovative ride vehicles that have ever existed. And I Um, love that they're called doom buggies and that they're like coffins. Like that's so awesome. All the tinkering with that ride that has gone on through the years has only managed to accentuate it and make it better. And what a feat that is alone, right? That they never quite, pushed it over the edge and messed it up. Like they haven't messed it up yet. And, and, um, and that's, that's pretty amazing. And that's one ride, you know, as technology even advances that I don't know if it's ever going to need those updates. Right. Like, I think it's just one that can just stay. And maybe that's the theme too, like the dead theme, but I don't know. Well, they did. I mean, I feel like they did update little parts, you know, with the, the, the singing ghost busts. Instead of having them be animatronic, they have that um, sort of digital, it's like a screen on the face. So it looks a lot more real and 3D and less, yeah. less mechanical, you know. So yeah. little things like that, I think that they've updated. But, you know, with definitely in keeping, like they didn't change it. You know, they didn't right. change the character, change the story, or even change their faces, really. And Thorough Ravenscroft, Tony the Tiger is one of them. That just makes me so happy. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, this was an absolute joy. Thank you so much for giving me so much of your time. This was so much fun to talk Disney with two nerdy experts in your own right. Kate, tell us where we can find you and your Disney bounding. Uh, so on Facebook, we are under Disney, Bounds, Disney Bounders Unite. Uh, as a group, there's actually several different groups, but that this is the biggest one. And on Instagram, the main um, place is at the Disney Bound, is the handle for Miss Leslie Kay, who created Disney Bounding and is the one responsible for um, sorting through and coming up with the best ones every day. Um, but they're all they're all there and. 
it's a super fun community. Everybody is very welcoming and supportive and lots of comments of all the little things that people notice and what they like about it. So um, it's, it's, it's really, it's a very positive experience, a very creative experience. All right, awesome. Jen, where can we find you if we were so inclined? Um, absolutely nowhere, really. <laughs> um, at jokehostel.com. No, I'm just kidding. Um, really, the only thing I would ask is that if you are feeling generous in supporting a teacher or two, um, like myself, Kate, one of Mr. Cos uh, Joseph Cosell's teachers, um, to go to Donors Choose and find a project and find a passion that you see another teacher has and just donate something, five, 10, whatever your wallet wants to share. $2,000. Yeah. <laughs> or you can and donate the, that to Three Cones uh, Productions. And so. let the magic hit those classrooms. <laughs> let the pixie dust fly. Let the pixie dust fly indeed. Thank you so much, you two. For doing this this was great my name's joe costal this is every month madness you can find us and the rest of the three crones productions family of podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts also check out block or buster um on the uh three crones uh productions line or the og of it all jersey ghouls you can find me at joe costal on twitter at costal joe on instagram always at joe Leave a comment, like, or subscribe to the show if you dig what we do. We will be back next month with yet another amazing pop culture topic to be run through the NCAA-style tournament ringer. Why? Why not, friends? Why not? Until then, this is Every Month Madness. We'll be seeing you. And don't try to hide For a silly spook Place it by your side Shrouded in a